And I, I'm guilty of this. I was, I think, 25 years old. I took out a 401k loan myself. You know, that was already 23 years ago I did that. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you back on the Retirement Reality Podcast. I am Ben George, joined as always by Mike Koyanen. He is the founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. They have offices there in Woodbury, Minnesota and Hudson, Wisconsin. We talk a lot about financial planning, retirement planning, and today we're focused on one key component to that for just about every single person. That's the 401k. It's a key as- asset for many, many people and a, a key tool for getting to retirement and saving for retirement. And there's a lot that goes into the 401k and much more than just contributing some money and, and you know, retiring eventually. It's There's a lot of considerations to make, and, and we're going to go through some of the top questions that Mike and his team get asked. The 401k FAQs, we'll call them today on the show and get Mike's input on a lot of different topics pertaining to 401ks. Let me welcome in Mike. Good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing great, Ben. Good morning. Good morning to you. And 401k, I guess this is a, uh, a component we, we talk about. We, I think we talked about how Americans save not too long ago, but the 401k is just such a, a core aspect of just about everybody's retirement, right? Mostly. Yeah. Most companies have the 401ks or a, you know, a version, maybe a 403b or government 457, but they're all, for the most part, structured the same. But 401ks are prominently the, uh, the most commonly used retirement plan for people while working. Absolutely. So that's why we're getting into it today. And again, yeah, we'll talk about uh, a number of different topics, and you can find them all online at principalpreservationservices.com. All the podcast episodes are archived there, plus a lot of other information from Mike and his team can be found on that website. So check them out there, and you can always call uh, to set up a time to, to meet with Mike at 855-987-8888. So let's start off with uh, this one, Mike. You know, with the 401k, some companies are nice enough to offer free advice or maybe some advice for a very low fee. Do you think it's a good idea for employees to take advantage of this? I know we talked on our last podcast about the, the target employee that got, what, four to five <laughs> minutes of, of advice, but is it, is it worth taking the time to get this? I think so, because like the, the previous podcast, most companies don't offer this at all, and you're not getting advice. Most people are winging it. They don't know what of the 15 to 25 allocations that you can pick from are appropriate for you. They haven't done a risk analysis. You don't know what the level of risk of each of these funds are. I mean, they break them up. You can, we've been on the Fidelity website before with clients and looking at the allocation options and they break it up to, you know, the bond section and the equity section. And, and you're like, what, what makes sense for them? You know, so we have to do a risk analysis. If there's an opportunity that you could pay a small fee to actually work with some group that will actually spend some time with you, you know, because you can't do anything with your 401ks while you're young and working. You're stuck there in a sense. So get the most out of it and invest in what is appropriate for you at that time. So take, I believe taking advantage of that, uh, we don't see that a lot. I will say maybe one out of... 10 401ks that we see probably have that option where you can actually pay a small fee for advice. Okay. So the next one is is one that I'm kind of unfamiliar with, and that's the 401k loan. I didn't even honestly realize it was an option, which is probably a good thing that I haven't thought about it. But 
when it comes to the 401k loan, kind of explain how that works, first of all. And then is this a good idea or a bad idea for most people? Yeah, I, first of all, I'm not a big fan of debt, you know, first of all. So I'm not a huge fan of loans if you really need something that bad. Is it a want or a need? First of all, that's what we, we talk with our children about. But now we're talking with adults. Some people just feel they have to take a loan out. And I, I'm guilty of this. I was, I think, 25 years old. I took out a 401k loan myself. You know, that was already 20 three years ago I did that. So uh, the benefit of having the 401k loan is there's a couple things is, you know, you can take loans up to $50,000 or 50% of the assets. Typically the interest rate's gonna be a reasonable rate and I don't know that that is today four or 5%, pretty reasonable, but you're paying yourself back the interest. So that's the benefit of that. So instead of paying interest to a, a bank, you know, credit union, you're actually paying yourself interest back. But you're also taking the money out of your 401k, so you're losing the gain of the market. So it's a catch-22. So you're you're taking the money out. You're not gaining money on the growth of what the market's done, but you're paying yourself interest back. But as soon as you pay that loan money back, that money gets reinvested. So as you make payments, that money goes right back into the market. The benefits of doing that is you usually you know credit checks. So if you have poor credit, it's an opportunity to get a loan out without having to pay high interest rates. If you're uh, doing a credit check and a long, lengthy loan application, that's a quick short-term fix. I'm not a habit. What I see is the habit here. This is the problem with 401k loans. Once people start doing it, they pay it off. They find something else to buy, and they, they do it again, and they mm-hmm. do it again. And they, you keep seeing these big 401k loans constantly just dragging down their retirement. So you don't want to make it a habit, but you could take advantage of it in certain situations. So maybe something to consider, but always you want to work with somebody to have a plan in place for why you're using it and how you're going to get it paid back in time. Uh, 401k rollovers. We this has been a topic that we've kind of covered a little bit on the show, but you know, this is something that uh, a lot of people are curious about right now. So when does the rollover make sense? And maybe when does it not make sense? Well, I think a 401k rollover, any past employer, take advantage, do it right away. So don't let these old 401ks just kind of linger around uh, when you left the company. So as soon as you leave, you have the 100% opportunity to roll it to an IRA, tax-free rollover. But once you're 59 and a half, that's the rule. 99% of all 401ks allow you to roll your balance out when you're 59 and a half or older. Why is that? I mean, you have more control uh, over that money and you're getting close to retirement. You have the opportunity to be in a better situation because, like I said earlier, is most of these employers are allowing you to, you know, 10 to 25 maybe allocations to pick from and not maybe none of those are really appropriate for you. So you have the opportunity to put it more into a into an IRA that you can pick those uh, investment options. And also, for we also look at for estate planning, it makes better sense because if your beneficiaries were to receive your IRA, uh, if you were to pass, they actually have a 10-year plan to get that money out through the inherited IRA. The problem is with the 401ks, they actually only have five years to get that money out. So there's, there's some estate planning issues as well, but I think it makes sense. Soon as you have the opportunity, and Ed Slot agrees with me, the IRA guru, Ed Slot read, read few his books, but a lot of his training is when you have the soonest opportunity to do so, do it. Take advantage of it. Well, let's shift the conversation now to more of the investing side in the 401k. And let's begin with target date funds. I think this is a, an option that a lot of people consider right away because they see it. They know, okay, I'm going to retire around this year. This is set up to get me to retirement as I need to, but maybe don't know exactly what goes into a target date fund necessarily. Are these good options for people? Is this something that people should be considering? 
Yeah, there could be okay options. It all depends on, you know, but each target date fund is different. So that's another thing. Do your you know, investigation is that because you could look at a T row price target date fund, a fidelity target rate fund, a Vanguard one, they're all different. And they're all the same, say 2025 target date fund. They all have different levels of risk because it all depends on how they're managed. The problem with target date funds is this, is the older, you, the closer you get to that target retirement date, like say 2025 is the number on that. That's the year you plan a retirement. That's what that means. So as you get closer to that year 2025, they're gonna be transitioning more of the money that was in equities into bonds because they say bonds are safer and they're more appropriate for retirees. So you're going, you're switching more to a bond portfolio the closer you get to 2025 and then you're getting past 2025, you hold on to it, it's going to be a lot more bonds than you have equities. Well, we all know right now our interest rates, can they be any lower right now, Ben? No. Nope. You get a mortgage interest, you know, mortgage loan on a 30 year under three now. And so we know the interest rates have nowhere to go but up. And with all the bailout money we've done with PPP loans and stimulus packages, all that stuff that's going on, we're going to pay for that. And interest rates will go up. We know that it's one place they have to go. And bond values will be dropping as interest rates go up. So that's a big issue with those target date funds. They, a lot of that goes into bonds, and that could hurt your performance on those. But but most people don't understand that. They don't change the, the investment allocations based off the the risk and volatility of the market. They change it by the year, and that's it. Yeah, unfortunately, we're just not really that informed on what they consist of, but uh, they're there, and usually we take advantage of them. So some things to consider on the target date funds. What about uh, contributions? You know, If you're lucky enough to have a company that matches your contributions and puts in some money into your account, that's great. If you do, Mike, is this something, I mean, I would imagine you should take advantage of, but do you tell people, hey, just put in enough to get that match, or do you say put in more? It depends on their situation. If they're, um, first of all, yes, you you need to put in at least enough to get that match. Otherwise, you're just giving away money because if the company's matching five and you're only putting in three, you only get three from the company. (laughs) So if you just put in two more percent, you're going to get two more percent from them, and that's going to make a huge impact on your retirement. So you need to get your contributions up. And I think that past episode we talked about this, I think over half of the people contributing to 401ks are not putting in anything or not even enough to get the company matched right now. So you need to keep those get those contributions up. Now, when it comes to the contributions, the nice part of having the 401k is that you're not under the the income limits as you are with the traditional IRAs and Roth. So for some individuals, if they're high income earners, it makes sense for them to contribute as much as they can into the 401k because their income might be too high to contribute to a Roth outside of that or an IRA. So every situation is different. I, I definitely recommend taking advantage of and putting as much away as you can. Now, if your income's uh, under those limits, you can contribute to an IRA as well. A lot of times what we have done for our clients is say, let's back off your contributions in a 401k and let's fund your IRA over here so you can do your you know, they're over 50, so they can do $7,000 a year into an IRA contribution, and they cut back in their 401k so they can do a combination of, of the two. But um, especially the Roth situation, if you're a married couple, right around the $200,000 income limit is the limit you ha- you can make for a married couple to contribute to a Roth IRA. But if your income's higher, you're not going to be able to do that. So at least with the 401k Roth, 
you can do that because they won't look at that income limit. Well, speaking of Roth and traditional, let's kind of close up the conversation with that. People may not be aware that you have a Roth 401k in, in many cases inside that 401k versus the traditional. I, I know when I first found out about it, I, I just kind of stumbled upon it with my company just out of, I think, happenstance. It wasn't, they didn't promote it. They didn't, they didn't tell you about the option or explain it to you at all. But if you, I guess, or find out that you had this option, the Roth option inside your 401k, should you be taking advantage of this? You should. And um, I just had this conversation last night, actually. We had a, a couple came in our office and she's been working for the VA Medical Center for several years and has a, a pretty good size, large, you know, it's called a TSP. It's a gov- government's version of a 401k through a savings plan and had a very large account. And I said, well, how much of this is Roth? And she goes, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> and she's she's been there for over 30 years. Wow. And the Roth has been available for several years. But that's a problem with a lot of the employers, no difference than the government's VA, uh, but any other private employer, like you said, they're not informing the employees about what is available in those retirement plans. And if somebody really took the time to, to explain that to them, more and more people would be doing Roth 401ks than they are right now. A lot of them don't know what's available. They don't know the difference between a traditional and a Roth. And remember the Roth, you pay your taxes now, but it grows tax-free and withdrawals are tax-free. Whereas the traditional 401k side, you make your contribution, you get a tax deduction off your gross income, but then when you retire, that money will be taxable uh, when you pull it out as uh, needed in retirement. So definitely take advantage of the Roth. Check with your employer. See if it is available. If it is, I would be making some allocation changes. Uh, just remember, you're going to if you make the same contribution limits into your Roth as you are into your traditional 401k, so let's just say you're putting in 5% of your paycheck um, into the traditional 401k, now you switch that 5% into the Roth, your take-home pay is going to be less because, remember, you're paying your taxes uh, up front on that. So your net will be less than what you were netting before. But just remember also, if your employer is matching, they won't pay the taxes for your country, for their company match. They will put their 5% or whatever that is into the traditional side. So you're always going to see that traditional 401k side grow because your employer is putting that, their money into that you would be putting yours into the Roth. Take advantage of that. Check with your employer and see what option that is available. And if you can, I would switch over as soon as you can. Well, that's good to know. And these are all important parts of the 401k. And hopefully this has been helpful for you to answer some of the questions that you might have. But these are all things that uh, Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services here on a pretty frequent basis. So we thought we'd bring them to the podcast and present them here for you. And hopefully it's uh, provided a little bit of information for you. But if you do want to go beyond what we've talked about, or you have any additional questions on what we've discussed with the 401k, go ahead and give Mike a call 855-987-8888. He'll work with you and uh, set up a meeting and go through this with you and answer whatever questions you have beyond what we've discussed today. And we always want to close out things with a little mailbag. We'll do that today as well. Let's turn to a couple questions we've got in, and we got these through the website. So if you have one, send it to us, principalpreservationservices.com. First question is from Ian. He says, my long-term care policy says it will pay out a maximum of $250,000 during my lifetime. Is that enough coverage? Yeah, and it, it all depends. Um, most times when we're you know running numbers for long-term care policies, because we will do that for clients as well and what's needed, 
is we don't try to fund 100% of what nursing home costs would be, long-term care costs would be, because you know the average cost right now in Minnesota is right around $100,000 a year for a private room. So in this situation, Ian, you know, that's enough for you know today's dollars for about you know two and a half years in a private room. But usually that doesn't, you don't start in a private room. Usually you start with maybe assisted living or in-home care, and maybe you end up into a private room. So we're trying to typically get 50 to 50% to maybe two thirds of your long-term care needs met. You know, we just don't want your whole estate to be eaten up for long-term care expenses. So typically we look at this more like estate planning insurance is really what we look at it from our eyes. So it sounds like it probably would be enough, but there is certain different parts of the policy that obviously I don't know that how much you know limitations they'll pay in a year. Does it increase over time? Does it have a, a cost of living rider on there? Is it got an asset-based long-term care where it actually has assets? If you don't use it, will it go to your beneficiaries? There's so much different types of long-term care. I'd just like to know what your specific policies are. Definitely give us a call and set up appointments so we can review what you do have. Thank you for that question, Ian. Our last one comes in from Red. He writes, I never worried too much about the market when I was working, but now that I'm retired, my stomach is in knots every time the Dow has a bad day. Should I just move everything to cash so that I don't worry so much? Well, you're already retired, Red. And again, I don't know the full details, but in retirement, hopefully all your money's not in the market. I mean, that's where we're, we're not really a huge fan of putting everything in the market. Uh, granted, the markets come back up after the... Uh, coronavirus and we're, we're ahead of where we were here back in uh, the high point of February of this year. That was the all-time high and we pretty much kind of uh, surpassed that. Uh, so as when recording this podcast anyway, so I don't know where it will be the day this comes out. But <laughs> but the key is about diversifying red so you don't have to have your stomach in knots because if all your money's not in the market, you won't have to be worrying so much. But if you're so dependent on what the market does, and that's what your retirement lifestyle is going to be based off of how the market performs, you shouldn't be all in the market if that's what it's doing to you. So I would definitely recommend coming in so you could look at some other options so you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket and have those uh, you know those miserable days based off what the market does. And I, I, I just I think about this couple. I, there's a lot of this these... <laughs> instances happen but um years ago before i went on my own i remember met this couple actually in their house in uh, central wisconsin and just talking to the couple and talking about the market in the sense and he says you know i just can't even handle being around my wife when the market's having a, a bad day i can't even talk to her because she watches the market <laughs> if it's down she won't talk to me she's crabby and she's <laughs> slamming cupboards and and uh he says but the market's having a good day then we have a good day I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's affecting their marriage. It's affecting their, their life. And you shouldn't have what the market does be that instrumental in, in the happiness uh, in your life. So definitely got to make some changes, I believe. And I guess in retirement, too, you're going to have more time to, to check that the market and see what it's doing, too. So oh my goodness. that's not a great yeah. position to be in. No. Well, thank you for the question, Red, and Ian as well. We appreciate both of those. And again, yeah, we, thank enc you. we encourage you to send them in to us principalpreservationservices.com. Well, that'll conclude this episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast, Everything 401k. We appreciate all the information, Mike. Helpful as always. Yeah, hopefully it was. I mean, that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg, you should say, uh, when it comes to that. There's so much details with all these plans, but the key is uh, hopefully it helped come in if you have any more detailed questions. 
Yes, and, and make sure you connect with them online, principalpreservationservices.com, or again, the number to call Mike directly, 855-987-8888. So hit subscribe on the podcast. We'd appreciate it if you uh, join us again next week. We'll have a new episode of the Retirement Reality Podcast. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.